everybody. Welcome to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 71. And today we are talking about the truth about the Federal Reserve, the banking system, and just how money kind of works in general. A lot of things that you may not know about money and what goes on behind the scenes and just the kind of scam that is going on. Yeah, truly. absolutely. The the banking scam, the power yeah. that the banks have, what even is the Federal Reserve, just some very eye-opening stuff about yes. all three of these things. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be a really super interesting one. We apologize in advance for some of the noises you're going to hear in the background. It's kind of crazy right now. For those that don't know, we're trying to move. And so we've got all of our animals in our studio with us. And we're watching a couple dogs. So there's like a bunch of yeah, dogs in there's here. There's four dogs in the room right now. And... Um, one of them's a rescue and he is very emotionally detached, like so we're attached, I mean, so he, he can't leave. He has to be in the room. They all have to be with us and they're just very loud, but we are in the process. We're actually moving completely, um, and building a separate podcast studio outside of our house. So we which won't will be nice. have yeah. dogs in the room anymore. Yeah. Which we can is leave good. their asses in the house. We have a yeah. nice quiet studio. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm sure can... all you dog owners like understand Oh yeah, because if yeah. we put them anywhere else in the house, we'll just bark and it'll be worse noise. Well, so, not only that, we've got literally on the other side of our studio, we've yeah. got eight rabbits over there running yeah, around. Yeah, if you didn't know, we have nine over there actually, or 10. Yeah. Yeah, we got 10 over there. And you're holding there. one, aren't you? And I'm holding one right now, um, <laughs> a nine-week-old rabbit. Our so. rabbit gave birth um, a while ago. We had a rescue rabbit, and we literally had her for two weeks, <laughs> and she gave birth, Just and we had luck. no idea that she was pregnant when we adopted her. So it's been a little crazy around these parts these days, but thanks for bearing with us yes. through the little yes. noises. And if you want to adopt a rabbit, check out my my zoo Instagram at Mile Higher Zoo. Yes, yes. Or if you just want to see who we're talking about. Yeah. But anyways, let's go ahead and jump into uh, this week's first news topic I got for you. So this is, I don't know, man, this is really weird. So Alabama just passed a new law which allows churches to create its own police force. That's bizarre. Which, I mean, right off the bat, I'm just like, what happened to the separation of church and state in the United States? Like, we've that's been attacked quite a bit, and I have a big problem with there not being separation between church and state. Like, the government should not be involved with the church and vice versa, and they shouldn't have any power over each other. But now, uh, Alabama Republican Governor Kay Ivey signed legislation allowing Presbyterian Church to perform state-like functions by establishing its own police force for its churches and schools, which, so what's the problem with this? Well, one, they already have a security force. So we're talking like an actual police force, like your city police, Mm -hmm. you know, your state police, and they're going to be able to arrest you, take you to jail if you commit a crime on church property. That's insanity. Which is kind of crazy to think about, like... (laughs) Yeah, why? why can't they just have a security that's able to like hold people until police get there and deal with it? Well, that's the thing is they're they're just taking it to the next level, right? Like mm-hmm. there's no need for that. They already have a private security force. So I'm guessing some of their concern is like some of these church shootings that have been right. happening. There have right. been quite a bit of church shootings. Right. So, I mean, I do understand that, but why can't you have like um regular security guards armed on certain yeah. churches because there are big ones that need probably security, but well, just like a school, you know, yeah, yeah. an on-site secure, uh, on-site police officer. What are they called in schools? A uh, school resource officer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, a church resource officer. Right. Exactly. With the existing police department yes. or like the church that I went to. So 
the church that's actually doing this does have a lot of people. It's got like 2000 students and faculty. It's got multiple private school campuses. Kids at it. There's a school. Yeah, it's a school. So they're trying to do this for the school and stuff. But, you know, I went to a mega church and what they would do is they would just hire, you know, off duty police officers who need money, who want the money to go, you know, sit outside the church on a Sunday or mm-hmm. direct travel. It was usually for traffic, right? Traffic mm-hmm. to get people in and out of the but parking lot. they're also lots. there in case there's an yeah, emergency. in case something happens. Uh-huh. But Yeah, why do they need their own police It just force? seems like they're kind of pushing the envelope yeah. a little bit. Like, we want to have even more power yeah. over, you know, where we reside than mm-hmm. we already do. And, you know, mm-hmm. like imagine getting pulled over by the church's police officer speeding on, like, next on to the church. On church grounds. Yeah. I'd, like, speed off and be like, LOL. <laughs> What are they going to do? Enter a chase with you? Like, yeah, seriously, how stupid. But this is law. I mean, they're literally going to make like the Presbyterian church police force of the SWAT team from the church coming. This world's getting weird, man. So, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people think that it, you know, it completely, you know, just hits that, you know, amendment that is supposed to separate the two, Mm -hmm. you know, government and and like a private church like that. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And yeah, we'll see if there's actually a police force that's formed. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, this has been something that's been happening quite a bit um, recently is shark attacks. Um, mm-hmm. There was two just this past week in North Carolina and um, a 17 year old girl got nearly died. Oh she, she got her leg uh, bit off. She got all like fingers missing. Like it was really, really bad. Um, and then somebody else got bit. There was three people that got bit off North Carolina shore all within uh, every a short summer there seems to be a lot in north carolina in the carolinas mm-hmm. in general east coast really I yeah mean, you know i like to follow all the little shark trackers and stuff and see yeah. see what's going on with that but but yeah they um there's been all there's been what 36 shark attack bites 33 with injury eight of which uh considered provoked there's been four fatal attacks one in uh, hawaii actually in a place that we were yeah there, not that long ago November. in the same area probably like mm-hmm. you know of course we weren't swimming as water. far out as uh this california yeah. guy was but yeah he died he got yeah got really yeah really it's bad shark attack terrible so what are we gonna do about it i mean sharks are coming in closer to the shores because <laughs> their food supply is dwindling and it's starting right. to come closer to shore so they have to you know it's not the shark's fault that we're <laughs> out there and you know, we're swimming around and they're, it's there. And we're ruining their food supply at the same time. Like, right. It's really not their fault at all. So, but at the same time, you know, what are we going to stop going to the beach? We're going to stop, you know, enjoying yeah. the water. No, people aren't going to do that. Or no. surfers that are, are they just mm-hmm. going to stop surfing because there's shark, imminent shark danger everywhere? No. So in one of the most uh, shark ridden places in the world, Australia, all of you Aussies out there, you know how it is. There's tons of sharks off the shore of Australia and um, there's this company called Little Ripper Lifesaver Drones, which is using world first algorithm technology to spot sharks for public safety at beaches. So they've literally made drones that are fit with onboard sirens and voice messages in like multiple languages that fly overhead. And it's actually using technology where it's able to look down at the water and identify what's in the water, whether it's a yeah. shark or a dolphin or some other type of sea creature. I honestly figured that there this was only you know, a matter of time till this type of thing was going to come. I've already thought about this because our drone, whenever we fly it over 
especially yeah. like in Hawaii, yeah. you know, the water's so clear. You can see straight down. You can see everything. You can see people swimming in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we actually flew a drone right over that area that that guy got attacked. No, I didn't fly it over. Uh, it was farther south from that. I wasn't right there. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But when whenever I look at footage from that, I'm always like, God, this would be like such a great tool for them to have like oh, on a beach and just look at what's going on out there. It seems like a no brainer that all yeah. the lifeguards, like one of their jobs would just to be fly mm-hmm. a drone up and down the beach all day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they still are like flying it's, helicopters. Honestly, and- I feel like that lifeguard operating the drone would be doing more for safety (laughs) than the ones just sitting on a stand with their own. All they're limited is to where their eyes can go. Yeah, seriously. It makes no sense whatsoever. Like how, how are they? I don't even understand how they're able to see people out there like in the waves at all. Like, yeah, there's definitely going to be, I bet a lot of drones over beaches, drones everywhere. Yeah. UPS is starting their first drone deliveries. Oh my goodness. That's so crazy to me. Especially in like rural areas. What they're going to do is they're going to like park their truck and then they're going to fly your, instead of driving all the way up to your door (laughs) to waste driving it, they're just going to fly a drone to drop your package off at your door. Oh my God. (laughs) Drones are, drones are definitely going to be a part of our future. I think that and autonomous vehicles delivering things. I think in San Francisco, there's this robot that's actually delivering like food for, I don't know if it's like Postmates or Grubhub or something. They literally have a, like a robot that is programmed to go deliver food <laughs> to you. Dude, um, I'd be so sketched out if like a robot came to the door with our food. Not only that, but that's robot police, dude, there's a police robot. That now. scares me. That freaks me out. We're heading towards a society where robots are integrated into every aspect of our lives and Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence all that Mm -hmm. it's really kind of crazy it is but yeah let's go ahead and get into uh, the federal reserve we've got a lot to cover and um yeah you don't want to miss a second of it because we're definitely going to leave you uh thinking twice about everything everything really i mean the whole concept of money and who really has the power here because it's kind of crazy. Once you look at it all and you finally understand how it really works, you probably have somewhat of an understanding of how it all works in your head, but you don't actually, <laughs> turns out, unless you really actually do. But um, chances are you really don't know how this stuff works. And when you hear about it, you're going to be just blown away yeah, it's really by real. how much you didn't know. That's it's really crazy. And it, it, We'll we'll pretty much explain to you how fragile our society is and and mm-hmm. uh, the systems in place. Yes. But before we get into the Federal Reserve, we'd like to thank our sponsors for today. All right. Let's first talk about who controls the money and kind of this, you know, the structure of how uh, money is controlled and currencies controlled mm-hmm. across uh, the planet. Because, you know, it doesn't matter what country you're from. You know, we all have our own forms of currency. Um U.S. it's U.S. dollar. Everywhere else it's something different. But the people that control it um, are very few. There's a few that control all of the wealth and currency in the world. And it's kind of mind blowing. So mm-hmm. there's this um, picture for those that are watching. There's this pyramid um, that I actually got from this film on YouTube called Thrive. Yes. Um, highly very, recommend very it. good. Um, I think it's like Super seven janky, years old. Though. <laughs> yeah, it's like seven. It's almost 10 it's years very old. old. Or something. Like you're going to be watching this like it almost feels like a reading rainbow 
Yeah, it's like a, PBS like a PBS documentary yeah, or something. Yeah, it feels really old. Like, I feel like I'm, like, watching it back in, like, 2000 or something. I yeah, don't know. It's kind of jank, but it is. It's good information, oh, though. Yeah. It's interesting oh, yeah. stuff. And it's, yeah, it's free on YouTube. So check it out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll link it. But um, this is where I got this image from. So it's essentially a pyramid. You can put together the entire, you know, global structure as far as who controls the wealth and resources into a pyramid. And that's. And- that is so interesting, just yeah. the pyramid yeah. in itself. The fact because that a why? Why do so many things go back to the pyramid? Like, it's, I mean, it, the fact that it's printed on the dollar is really, really weird. I think it shows something. And then, you know, the I've said this before, but the Egyptian caste system, this is basically a modern caste system. Um, and then it, you can also put, you know, the entire... Like you can put like the branches of how many of people's wealth into it. And then you can also put companies and how it works into it. Yeah. Like the pyramid represents so many different things uh-huh. and then it's printed right on our fucking dollar. Right. So when like you think about that, you're, you're, yeah, it is. They're literally telling you. And, and the eye on it too. Like how creepy. The all seeing eye on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what's, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's the Illuminati symbol, but it's really you know, this symbol that has been around for a very, very long time. And, you know, we've kind of attached it to this idea um, of, you know, this controlling yeah. uh, entity or Going shadow. Going back to the caste system. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So in this pyramid, you know, at the very bottom of the pyramid, guess who's at the bottom? Us. We are. The people, the planet, and all living things on it, unfortunately, <laughs> are at the very bottom of the pyramid. We are just the least important thing it seems like and then directly above us you have the governments so you know when we're talking about money obviously all of us humans pretty much no matter where you live you pay taxes Mm -hmm. you have to work to make money in order to survive we've created this man-made thing of currency and you know everybody has to go get a job in order to survive to eat to live Mm -hmm. you know that that's not how it always used to be. You know, it used to be more based on bartering and trading and yes. things like that. And then some select people took over and they literally instituted, you know, this currency printing money mm-hmm. and everybody has to work for this, you know? And how did that all start? Which right. Is really and that's what we're going to dive yeah. into is how does this, you know, yeah. Where, what's the origin? So, yeah. So then you have government above us and everybody's like, oh, the government's like the highest power in the land. And that's what's so funny is that's what we all think. That's, that's what, what I thought we're told most to of my life. And in school, especially schools yeah. like government, the federal government, blah, blah, blah. I love watching people's eyes glaze over when I'm like, oh, the president. Oh, there's people above him. People above. Oh, yeah. Everyone in the yeah. government. Government ain't shit. The government's just one level above us. They're this mm-hmm. control mechanism. They're this. They have a monopoly on force, as it's been said. And the fact that they're able to enforce laws and essentially force us into sort of a serfdom, like we're forced yeah. to work to pay taxes to the government, whether or not we're we, part of a system. Exactly. Whether or not we agree with the system, we agree with the rules, we are forced to take yes. part in it. And a lot yes. of people would be like, oh, we'd have no society. We'd have no, you know, this. It wouldn't be like this if, you know, there was no government, which to some extent that's true, but also they've severely limited our potential. I believe, you know, the government and, and, and this, you know, monopoly on force and police and military and control over the resources mm-hmm. of the land. So mm-hmm. then who controls the government? Who's higher than the government? Well, the corporates, the corporatocracy is it's called. Because well, I mean, think of it. It makes sense. Like 
these our politicians are so bought out yeah. like most of them mm-hmm. the majority of people running are bought out by large corporations so there's very they few are that making, don't take yeah, corporate money yeah yeah and they you think they just give them that for just just for fun no they have interests and they are representing their interests so it's the money is talking yep. aka the corporations are talking which everybody's like, why can't we get anything done? Why can't the president do anything? Why can't anybody do anything? It's <laughs> because, because there's money in politics. It's because everybody is controlled. Every politician, to some extent, is a puppet, is controlled yeah. by whoever they represent, whatever mm-hmm. corporations they represent. And it runs deep, guys. It runs very deep. Mm-hmm. And with that, there's corruption and everything else. So you have the corporations above the government. Well, who is giving the corporations the power? You know, how are these corporations getting as big as they are? How do they have the resources and money to do this? Well, that's where the banks come in and the banks, ladies and gentlemen, rule the entire planet. The people that control the banking system, control the big banks, the national central banks, the international bank. Mm -hmm. There's an international central bank. And then there's even a bank above that, a world bank. All of these banks put their money, give money to the corporations at special rates Yep. in order to, you know, which the bankers own the corporations. A mm-hmm. lot of them own the corporations. There's, there was something that I'm reading. I wasn't able to verify it, but the top four banks in the world, which are controlled by some of the elite, uh, elite financial families, which we'll talk about, own the four major corporations in the world mm-hmm. in energy and, uh, you know, the banks that we all know, Wells Fargo, Chase, all these banks like that. Mm-hmm. And then those banks give special deals to the uh, corporations in which they work with. Yeah. And meanwhile, the banks are completely fucking the rest of us and yep. giving us terrible deals, terrible loans, high interest rates yeah. and credit and debt. These just shitty things. Yep. Meanwhile, the, the corporations get bigger and stronger mm-hmm. and us at the bottom of the pyramid just get poor poor and that's always argued that if they're doing better we're doing better and that's right. just not, not true. true time and time again it's been proven not, not true. true they do not care about us Mm-mm. they don't even pay their employees fair wages like come on people like you think they really give a fuck about the rest of us no they do not they don't care about the planet clearly they're destroying the the ecosystem they're you know corrupting politicians they are doing all sorts of things so then you have the central banks, the national central banks above the big banks. So the big banks are all, all of the banks that we know, Wells Fargo, Chase. But then you have central banks. So in each of the countries, the U.S., for example, the central bank is the Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about. And then uh, the U.K. has the Bank of England and then so on and so forth across right. the world. They all have a central bank, which lends money to all of the, the other banks, banks, the little, yeah. the smaller banks. Yeah. And then there's the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund which those banks actually go to countries and local governments and lend them money in exchange for all these promises to, you know, oh, we'll boost the economy. Mm -hmm. We'll bring all your people out of, you know, poverty, things like that. They go to these really poor third world countries, giving these huge loans that they'll never pay back. Mm -hmm. Knowing that they're not going to be able to pay them back. Exactly. They do it knowing it. And as soon as they can't do it, they exploit them and take Everything, everything from them. Yep. There's so many examples of that, especially in Africa yeah. where huge corporations come in there, suck all the life out of that country, mm-hmm. the resources everything out of it. Everything that they have. And leave it worse off than when they came. Yeah, it's and terrible. They, it's really terrible. It happens all over the world. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like it's never talked about. It's never brought to light. It's never like brought to our attention that, yeah, you know, they do this kind of thing. I mean, they most, don't care. No. And it's most of so us don't, don't even know that there is a world bank or this international international monetary yeah. fund. Well, I mean, I don't know if you have that quote in here. God, I wish I knew. Which quote? That quote. If like, it's in here. If, yeah. Okay. If the people knew. Yeah. A Henry Ford quote. Yeah. 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 It's Just in like here. in general, if everyone knew how all of this stuff was working and what was happening, I think people would be up in arms. Yeah. He said it is well enough that people of the nation do not understand our banking and monetary system for if they did, I believe there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning. Yeah. And it's true. Like when you hear the truth, it's just like, wow. It, it's like, wow. It's holy like, wow. shit. Yeah. We are being completely robbed. It's really overwhelming. Like it just makes you feel hopeless though. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, wow, how on earth did it get like this bad? Well, it got this bad because of the Rothschilds, the well, Rockefellers the and family. the Morgans. Yep, exactly. So that's where we get to the top of the pyramid and these elite families, these mm-hmm. financial families who literally set up the system that is still in place today and is completely depleting all of us of our cash and you know, resources, which we've talked about, um, these families in podcasts a a long time ago. I think it's over. It's been a year. I have tea in my face. (laughs) Um, is it, has it been over a year since we've talked about them? Five families. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. It was like in our old studio and stuff. Yeah. It was some of our earlier episodes. Yeah. So if you haven't seen those, um, those are good episodes. I really enjoyed making those ones and it's, it's crazy. The, level of corruption that goes so far back in these five families that rule the world. And the worst of them of the five is the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds and the Morgans. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They're kind of considered the, you know, the ones that set up the financial system in the yeah. way that it is to benefit the wealthy and screw the poor Yep, and just complete, basically rob us, mm-hmm. um, you know, of things that we work extremely hard for. And these guys are extremely secretive. They hold secret meetings. We know this for a fact. You know, they're, they own these central banks. They, the Rothschilds actually started the uh, International Monetary Fund, which, and here's the thing with them is like a lot of people, a lot of skeptics like to say that, oh, there's no proof of any of this. But if you dig deep enough, you can find the connections because you start seeing, you know, you start seeing their names pop up on different, you know, boards and, and things like that. And you start, they're very good at covering their tracks. So let's mm-hmm. just say that. So a lot of people are like, Oh, well there's no like obvious proof that they're, mm-hmm. they do, they control this still or that they, they even started this in the first place. But there it, is though. But if you go back far enough, you it's obvious they did so because obvious. they literally started. Yeah. They literally created the central banking system. Yeah. We're going to explain a little bit about each of the family or each of the three that, Right. If you haven't seen those episodes, you're probably like, who the hell are the Rothschilds? Who the hell are the Morgans? Rockefellers? Why do I care about them? There's going to be a lot of you that don't know about it or haven't had a chance to see those episodes. We thought we'd just like do a little bit of history on those families. Oh, yeah. It's real brief. You got to go back and watch each of the family episodes because we go into so much more detail with them. But Mm -hmm. here's the Rothschilds history in short. So the Rothschild banking dynasty goes back hundreds of years. We're talking like we're all the way back to. I think the farthest it goes is like the 14, 1500s or something, but we'll start with the 1700s. Cause that's kind of the most 
uh, pertinent to what we're talking about. So the Rothschild family be- uh, business began in the 1700s in Frankfurt when Meyer Amschel Rothschild became an apprentice at a small bank in Hamburg before returning home to start trading in rare coins. Soon he began providing financial services for power brokers and eventually nobles. So the Rothschild banking dynasty begins in the 1700s with Meyer Rothschild and he had acquired um, a lot of rare coins, which had a lot of uh, value to them. And he essentially just like, you know, smart guy started like created his own bank essentially before there was actually banks and yeah. then started loaning the money out to various local governments and making investments. And soon, you know, he had built up a decent amount of wealth, which kind of established this whole dynasty that they have today. And throughout the years, the Rothschilds family and, you know, their wealth um, basically came to the aid of any European government that collapsed and was replaced. And they were the first people in line to provide loans to them. Yep. So they would swoop in when, you know, countries were unstable mm-hmm. and about to collapse and mm-hmm. their currency was all fucked up. And they'd be like, mm-hmm. whoa, we're here. You know, yeah, let's help. we got the wealth. Yeah. We'll stabilize the currency. But yeah. then what these sly fucks did is they would they would institute their system of banking, which benefits them in the long run because they yeah. start loaning out money mm-hmm. and collecting interest on it. And eventually, you know, they get a lot of money from that interest and, you know, they also gain control because they also kind of own everything, you know, and people are paying them uh, back for the loans that they gave them. So they did this for a long time. And I mean, there there's some debate about um, them also being on both sides of different wars, like the Napoleon yes. War. They actually right. funded both sides yep. um, in their um, benefit. Yeah, for their benefit, yeah. they would. Um, they like wars. They mm-hmm. like to finance both sides of it because they reap, they just reap the monetary benefits of it. So, yeah, they go back very, very far in history. I mean, there's a lot more to them. Um, so much. But they essentially created the International Monetary Fund, which is still around today, which does the exact same thing that they were doing hundreds of years ago. And that's stabilizing major currencies, providing loans to government. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, while reaping a great profit from it. And, you know, to this day, they control the Bank of England. Um, They have a very, very big influence over the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, Any of you out there in the UK, I'm sure have heard of the Rothschild, uh, Rothschild's family versus, you know, a lot of us in the US don't even know who he knew who they are or, or, you know, had any idea that he had, they had control over our government. Unless you're into this type uh, of stuff, you probably haven't even heard of them. Yeah, no, probably not. I mean, a lot of people don't know of them. No. You don't ever learn about them in school. I never heard about mm-hmm. the Rothschilds in school or anything or. No. You know. I think I may have heard. I know I talked about Rockefeller but and Morgan. Yeah. But I don't know about Rothschilds. I don't think we talk about them in school. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, that, you know, it's just like conspiracy theories or whatever. And that's not really true. And you there's know, a lot to back it up. Seems like there is. It seems like there's a lot to back it up. So the Rothschilds are kind of the the top of the food chain as far as the financial yeah. elite goes. They're extremely wealthy. I mean, nobody really knows how much they're worth. Um, 
there's this whole debate of like some people say they're worth trillions of dollars. Some say they're worth billions, but we don't really know. We really have no idea. They keep their stuff very secret and very quiet. Yeah. You don't hear them on like the top Forbes list or anything because they keep it the way they distribute their money around makes them stay off radars. Yeah. Well, what they did is they took this mass amount of wealth and then they literally spread it throughout the entire planet. You can go to any country, any continent and there is a Rothschild's company, somewhere there you know there's a a thing in denver i'm pretty sure yeah i don't i don't know if that's actually like right because that's the thing too is like that name you know Mm -hmm. is kind of a lot more like some of you guys send send me stuff of like oh i just saw rothschild's this or you know somebody named rothschild and chances are they're probably not related to the you know the same ones we're talking about the the banking uh dynasty but yeah, and I mean, also, we're not saying everybody in the Rothschilds family is in on this, you know, whole thing of control and and denomination or domination over um, the banking system. So the other two families are the Morgans and the Rockefellers. Mm-hmm. So the Morgans, everybody has heard of J.P. Morgan, I assume, and yeah. Chase, yep. I assume, unless you live under a rock. You've probably well, if you know anything of, about conspiracies, you probably know about Mr. JP. <laughs> like he's in right. He's in a lot of things. In the Titanic conspiracy. Yeah, huge in the Titanic one. Yep. So JP, Mr. Morgan, um, he was kind of head of the central bank before there was a central bank. So he was he presided over something called the American Finance um, and had a ton of control over Wall Street when it was first. Um, coming into existence and he kind of acted as this like quasi U.S. central bank um, from the early 1800s, like 1838. And he was kind of he was wealthy and he was kind of a savior for the country. Like the country was he was, you know, starting to expand into the West, the railroad, things like that. And he financed all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he lent a ton of money out to um, a bunch of different projects as well as other governments across the world egypt's central bank russian railroads um essentially just spread his wealth all over the planet as well and you know there was a recession in 1893 which whenever there's a recession what a lot of people don't know is that the the people that are extremely wealthy and and especially during this time in history you have an ability to take advantage of this. You know, there's not all the same laws and regulations and things like that, that are in place now to prevent some of this. So whenever there was a recession, they would go and buy up a bunch of companies that were failing and Mm -hmm. banks and things like that. Yeah. And then they would essentially make the economy bounce back and then they would just consolidate their wealth and and get even richer than they already were. Um, So that's when, you know, the Morgans kind of linked up with the Rothschilds and, you know, they kind of came together and um, they helped the Rockefellers also get gain the monopoly over oil as well, um, the standard oil. So the Morgans, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds are all kind of working together like the Rockefellers were the oil giants. They've taken control of all the energy. Yeah, they kind of split up mm-hmm. way. You know, they each have like a grasp on something. Yeah. But they all Come back communicate together. to each other. And you look yep. at their families and you look at their trees and you start to see very crossovers. Interwoven. Very interwoven. Lots of lots of talking between these guys. So let's get into the Federal Reserve System and what it is and why we are even talking about this today. 
So obviously everyone at some point has heard about the Federal Reserve, but most likely you don't understand exactly what it is or how it works, right? Or you think it's part of the government, (laughs) that it's the government's bank or something. Yeah. Or yeah, you assume that because it has federal in it. Yeah. I I think most of us do. I think if you pull federal, yeah, if you pulled most people, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's a government entity, government business. Mm -hmm. Nope. And then, so and then much. once you find out it's a private organization, it really like, piques your interest because you're like, yeah. what the private organization mm-hmm. called the Federal Reserve that prints our money? You mean our government doesn't issue our money? <laughs> nope. What? <laughs> so crazy. It is. Because what the, I mean, what the fuck are you even doing? Like, we all are like spend so much of our lives trying to make money. Yeah. Money is literally what controls everything. They say money makes the world go round. Money is the root of all evil. Like all that stuff is true. Money is such a huge part of our lives mm-hmm. in a toxic way. Mm-hmm. It's the most addictive drug. Mm-hmm. Well, what? I mean, it's survival. Like mm-hmm. it's security. But then there's just. But it's power too. Yeah. Yes. Definitely control, power. Mm-hmm. power mm-hmm. Because. If you have a system the way that it's set up, you have the pyramid. You know, as long as you have money, you've got this pyramid scheme that's being run on the entire planet. Yeah, literally. And and the people that have the most money are at the top. Right. And the people of the least are at the bottom. Yep. And they're able to keep it that way because of this fucking money. So why was the Federal Reserve even put in in the first place? How did we even get to this point? So. We have to go back to the early 1900s, 1910 to be exact. So in November of 1910, a secret meeting took place of six bankers and economic policymakers who represented the financial elite across the Western world. It was hosted at Jekyll Island off the coast of Georgia. Does that sound so evil? No better place but Jekyll Island. Yeah, it does. It sounds like some evil fucking place. Yep. And this island was a popular retreat for billionaires like William Rockefeller and J.P. Morgan. Of course. It's their own Mar-a-Lago. And look at what we have here. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven white folks, white men who set up this system. Wow. Shocking. Our systems was made up by a bunch of old white men. Mm. Wow. Sounds familiar. Uh, I'm shook. There you go. There's our problem right there. Not a single (laughs) damn woman was invited to this fucking crazy so some selfish greedy rich old white men <laughs> got in their little secret meeting and they thought up this idea of God. how do we take control of wouldn't you love to hear what country? that meeting was like i wish we could be a fly on the wall go back in time and just listen in oh i know can't imagine this all right guys so this is like the whole world is gonna follow this forever like we need to that's like crazy. Yeah. They're like, how are we going to trick everyone? How are we going to make how this better we, for us? Right. And shitty for everyone. Right. Like you wonder how much of an idea or a grasp on the future they had, like how many people there would be and how big this would get. And you know, you they really had to wonder know something. I mean, it, it almost seems like it. It almost seems like it's kind of mind blowing. Rothschild knew even when he started, he had some type of like, futuristic vision or like new kind of where things were going and how to take advantage of everything. Yeah. It's like weird. He was very, very uh, ahead of his time. Almost all of them. 
True. It's true. like it makes you wonder, do they have some type of information inside knowledge? Maybe. Maybe they've got time traveling technology. <sighs> or maybe they're working with aliens. <laughs> Always blame the aliens. The yeah, aren't there supposed to be bad ones? True. Maybe they're in cahoots with these guys. Yeah. That that is a theory actually. Well, I, I know it is a theory actually because evil aliens and if you think about money, basically money has like enslaved the humanity. Mm-hmm. So maybe an alien would want to, you know, enslave humanity yeah. and work with a group of shitty humans. Right. On taking over the whole world with money. Yeah. I sound like such a fucking crazy person right now. That's just literally a theory. No, it's, but you know what? Like, <laughs> Got I, out of the box. it's fine to have thoughts like that. I mean, it's fine to question it. And I mean, even say, cause who fucking knows? <laughs> right. Who fucking really knows what, yeah. who really knows what the fuck is even going on? Yeah. You know, this no could all does. be wrong. I mean, who knows? None of us really know shit at the end of the day. We're just trying yeah. to make sense with what we've got, you know, what's yep. out there on the internet. And I mean, for all we know, it could all be fucking misinformation out there. And the real truth is we're all fucking like bred from some alien species and we're in a simulation or something. I mean, who fucking knows? But anyway, back to my story. So at the secret meeting on Jekyll Island, there was Senator Nelson W. Aldrich, who is the maternal grandfather to the Rockefellers. So he was representing the Rockefellers. Interesting. This, this uh, senator. And then there was Abram Andrew Jr., Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, Frank Vanderlip, President of National City Bank of New York, Henry Davidson, Senior Partner of J.P. Morgan & Company, Charles Norton, President of Na- First National Bank of New York, Paul War- Warburg, Director of Wells Fargo, Benjamin Strong of J.P. Morgan, and coincidentally, the first president of the Federal Reserve. Hmm, funny how that worked. But apparently this meeting was so secret at the time that not even the names of those who attended. So these guys were even mentioned to the servants who lived and worked on the island. Wow. They used code names for communication. Damn. They came on a late night train claiming to be on their way to a hunting expedition. Hmm. These bankers came out there to, in reality, draft the Federal Reserve Act. So the most powerful men in America and potentially in the world coming together in order to take control of the money supply in order to achieve ultimate power in America. Cause these men collectively together owned about 25% of the wealth in the world. And they knew that, you know, they could misinform the American public. Yep. Claiming that their purpose for the federal reserve was to stabilize the economy and re- and release the grip Wall Street banks had over America. So they were trying to come in and be a savior of sorts and be like, you know, we're going to put in the system. It's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, regulated and transparent and we're going to, you know, it'll be more fair because it'll be do is sell independent. Yeah. <laughs> sell your soul. But yeah. th- that was their thing is they, they, pro- they promised you know, the president at the time who signed this Woodrow Woodrow Wilson, that this would be an independent entity separate from the government. So it couldn't be influenced by politicians yeah. and therefore it'd be fair, right? It'd yeah. be fair. You know, the government That's what it's control advertised it, as. Yeah. and you know, the government can't fuck with things. Mm-hmm. But come on, like and you, they can't, really can't fuck with things, and that's what you find out too about it is there is no branch higher than the Federal Reserve. No branch of government can check the Federal Reserve. They can't no keep them in line. They can't make them do anything. There's they no can't, oversight by Congress no, or the president. They're the boss, literally. So the chairman of pretty the shocking Fed or the Federal Reserve. 
People do not know that. That is definitely not known. <laughs> they literally can do whatever they want. And what they do is they, um, I think after 2008 was, so what they have the ability to do is just print money, right? They're yeah. just able to print money With, whenever they yeah, want. Based off of nothing, which a lot of people think it's all based, it's all backed by gold. Which is untrue. It's very untrue. That stopped in 1971. Yes. Ronald Reagan stopped that. Because mm-hmm. we don't have the gold. Do you know how much no. gold you need to to yeah, bitch. back up the amount of money in circulation? All I picture is that like uh, Scrooge McDuck like swimming in his gold in that giant room. <laughs> like that's vault. how much fucking gold yeah. you would need. Yeah. Even more than that, though, for the amount of money that is in circulation. Yeah, that's a car- cartoon. I figured it's probably more than that. <laughs> you, would, you would need like Empire State Buildings times yeah, a million. So like, much gold. Gold yeah. out the ass. Like just so much gold. Yeah, more yeah, gold than with, we found. Yeah, so it's not backed up by gold. There's been a lot of people that like to correct us, comment and be like, actually, no, it's backed up by gold. It's not printed out of nothing. But no, it is not. No, it is literally made up. It is made up. Which, guess what that does to the rest of the currency? It devalues it. it. Yeah, of course it does. Because they can just literally be like, hmm, want some money? Like when you, uh, we're going to get into it. Yeah, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting there. So, yeah, they have the ability to, the Federal Reserve has the ability to print money out of thin air without, at will. They can just do it whenever they want, pretty much. Whenever the government comes is like, hey, we need more money. They're like, sure thing. We'll print yeah. up another another uh, couple million and yep. we'll send it your way. Mm-hmm. Yet there's nothing backing that up. You know, it's just money. I mean, it's just yeah. printed yep. paper pretty much. So what a lot of people don't know as well is that, you know, before the Federal Reserve, there has been multiple central banks set up. So the function like the Federal Reserve, but they were actually shut down. The founding fathers were like, absolutely not. Yeah. We do not want some independent organization controlling the currency. We don't want, you know, these individuals, these nefarious elite financial bankers controlling, you know, the economy, controlling the currency, controlling literally every, you know, anything that has to do with the financial system. And they shut it down. Multiple central banks got shut down. There's been three. And the first two all got shut down um, by presidents later on. Because they realized that there was some major, major problems with it. And, you know, they they thought it was better for, you know, the government, which in theory, if you go back to the founding fathers, the government is for the people, by the people. Yes. And that was the idea. That's the idea is that we have the power as citizens Mm -hmm. of this country. And, you know, we should have the power to decide what happens with our money. Right. Mm -hmm. It should be a collective you know, societal yeah, decision exactly. on whether or not the Federal Reserve prints more money or not, or if any money's printed. Right. Which just causes us to go further and further into debt because it's not backed up by anything. It's getting loaned out and it's not getting paid back. So there's debt, just increasing debt. You know, we all hear that every day. Going in debt. True. The country's in debt. Everybody's yeah, in like debt. Yeah, like people always wonder what that means. I think a lot of people hear that, you know, just being thrown around in politics and they don't know what it means. Like in debt to who? Who are we in debt to? How does that even work? Yeah. And then what we do is we go take money from other countries, too, and then we're in debt to them. Yeah. And everyone's in debt to us. And it's just everyone's in debt on the face of this earth, pretty much. Yeah. Everybody's in debt. That's how they set it up. Except for the elites. Right. Except for the people who are reaping the benefits from all the interest that's being paid on all these debts. Yes. So imagine the amount. Yeah. Yeah. They essentially write checks and create money from an account that has no money in it. That's put it very simply 
That's so insane. How did they end up with that power? Right. So who actually owns the Federal Reserve Central Banks? There are, and this has been a secret for a long time, and I don't know 100% if this is true or not, but apparently it has been revealed that there's the central banks are owned by the Rothschild Bank of London, the Warburg Bank of Hamburg, Rothschild Bank of Berlin, and so on and so forth. Goldman Sachs, Chase Manhattan all own a piece of these central banks, which regulator currency print money all that sort of thing so seem like a conflict of interest yeah just a little uh, just a little bit yeah this was an interesting quote from thomas jefferson one of the founding fathers he said to mm-hmm. preserve our independence we must not let our rulers load us with perpetual debt we must make our choice between economy and liberty or perfusion and servitude i place economy among the first and most important of Republican virtues and public debt is the greatest of the dangers to be feared. It is incumbent incumbent on every generation to pay its own debts, debts as it goes. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their money, first by inflation and then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of their property until their children will wake up homeless on the very continent their fathers conquered. Oh my God. That is straight truth. That is just like such. So ahead of his time as well. Well, it was already happening. They already shut down central banks. So he's warning us that, Hey, we've shut these down because this is right. The people, it can't be done fairly. The people that are controlling these central banks are doing it for their benefit only Mm -hmm. to get richer, to gain more power, to gain control over the government. It fucks the entire thing up. And we all wonder why our governments doesn't work. It's so corrupt. There's so many problems with it. And then you look at that because of the money. Yes. The people that control the money control the government. Yep. Money controls the world again. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) So that's kind so, of yeah, <laughs> we're fucked basically. Yeah, basically, yeah, we need to start over. So <laughs> we need to start over. Oh boy, sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? It feels like the whole world, like we really might just need to start over. <laughs> it's so bad. I know, but uh, I shouldn't be laughing. But what do you do at this point? It's it not feels working. so overwhelming. It's not working, man. It's not working. I mean, yeah, none of this shit is. And you know what? So, so many of our problems come back to this money system. Like, yeah, the whole world is fucked for many reasons. But at the end of the day, all of those reasons go back to money. Like literally all of them. Yeah. No or religion literally. in the world. Those are the two, the two problems in the world, religion and money. But the problems with, over. right. And the problems with religion are with religion is if you look deep enough, comes down to money and yes, resources and exactly. land. That's what it's about. Yeah, so it's money at the end of the day. It's money. Because yeah. people could, people can practice their religion peacefully. Yeah, There's a way course. to do it. Of course they can. But money has corrupted the churches too. That's the problem. Yes. Is money has run into the churches. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have, a, yeah, I have thoughts on that. But anyway, let's get back to the Federal Reserve because um, it hasn't even been created yet. <laughs> so... On this island, they they came up with the Federal Reserve, and they decided to name it the Aldrich Bill. But when it came to Congress, they recognized Senator Alfred Aldrich's name and became suspicious and decided against passing the bill. 
So these bankers decided that they needed better cover, and to make it sound more official, they decided to rebrand the bill as the Federal Reserve Act. And they also had two millionaire friends carry the bill to Congress to crush further suspicions. And then, in the art of deception, the bankers went on a mission to fool the American people. They intentionally provided misinformation to newspapers and posted articles about bankers screaming and protesting against the proposed Federal Reserve bill. They, and quote unquote, it would ruin the banks, they explained in these articles, which this was very tricky because the average person who read the protesting articles of the bankers presumed that if the bankers hated it, then it surely must be beneficial to the public. So literally, they unknowingly supported a Trojan horse. <laughs> they literally like fooled people mm-hmm. into supporting this this bill. Yeah. Well, that's not anything new. That's that goes on all the time. Still, people try to, you know, trick people into yeah, thinking things yeah. are not what they are all the time. That's how shitty bills end up getting through all the time. Yep. They play the, these play these like little fucking games and yep. they fool people because mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't even read the fucking bills either. So they fooled Congress by putting clauses in the bill that limited their power only to remove these limits once the bill passed. So getting really tricky with it. And on December 23rd, 1913, two days after Christmas, while most of the 535 members of Congress were home with their families or preparing to leave for the holidays, Congress passed the Federal Reserve Act by a vote of 43 to 25. Literally, they passed the Federal Reserve Act that is still in place that controls that's fucked everything up while people were home for for Christmas vacation. (laughs) They were they if that doesn't like scream any sort of suspicious vibes like. I don't know what does. That sounds something like the current Congress would do. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Just like what fucking John Stewart had to go through, like oh my with the God. 9-11 fun. Like he had to Ugh. fucking plead. God, it literally just brought tears to my eyes. I can't even talk about it. Too emotional today. That pissed me off yeah, a if lot. You haven't seen that. That's a great example of how excellent our government works. Ugh. So the bill gets voted in and then it's uh, presented to the newly elected U.S. President Woodrow Wilson. And then signed into law on December 23rd, 1913. What's also interesting is that also in 1913, the 16th Amendment was ratified permanently legalizing an income tax, which if you didn't even know this, the IRS is literally like an army for the Federal Reserve. Yes. This was set up to literally... Like a bounty hunter. (laughs) It's literally set up to fund their system, though. Yeah. And force us all into, you know, this kind of like enslavement i mm-hmm. hate using that word but it's it, no it totally is it's monetary it's modern, enslavement yeah because all of us have our finances fucking on display for for this fucking irs which isn't even fucking government i don't believe it's yeah. not even a government entity it's private as well is it i believe so can you double check that i don't yeah. know for sure do a quick check on that because i know i'll get fucking ripped if i if i misspoke but people I'm do not sure, like mistakes don't I'm fuck pretty up pretty sure it's not a federal. Some people argue that the Internal Revenue Service is not an agency of the yeah, United States right. government, but rather a private corporation because it was not created by positive law. It was not an act of Congress. Right. So it's not technically. The IRS does not have the authority to enforce Internal Revenue Code. Yeah. So the li- IRS is owned by entities outside of our country and is operated and collection agency yeah for the federal reserve and the cia yes. and the cia yeah exactly 
So as many of you know, the federal resort is not a governmental agency, but a private bank that lends our government money. But that blew your mind a bit. Boom. Yeah. I didn't know that. Your taxes, (laughs) your finances are literally being sent to a private entity, which works for the federal reserve, which is enslaving all of us in our wallets. And that, and part of the reason why we pay income tax on everything is to fund this terrible method that's been put into place for printing money. That's how they recoup some of that is they, they force us to pay income tax, which they say goes to, you know, all these different things or whatever, which don't, we don't even want to get into all that today, but yeah. you know, the fact that literally like, was it 63 cents of every tax dollar goes to the military or something? Ridiculous. Yeah. That like makes me want to throw up. I hate thinking about that, which is, which is just crazy. Literally, we're we're all forced. We're all forced, despite how we feel about war and how we feel about you know conflict across the globe. We're all forced to pay for, you know, our military and war. Essentially, at the end uh-huh. of the day, I mean, what's the point of having a military? Obviously, to protect yourselves, but also to go out and, like the U.S. has done, oftentimes, and you know, attack others. And you know, I don't know. I have a major problem with that. Yes. But anyway, the uh, the single act, the Federal Reserve Act, however small, seemed to transfer the control of our monetary system from our government, which is how it should be, because that way, you know, we have at least some control with our government. We can vote. It's a democracy. And if we we could still vote, like if we had control over who, you know, who can who controls the printing money machine, you know, right. I think we'd all like that that ability. But we literally yeah. don't have that. We have no, no choice, no say. We can't tell them to stop, stop putting us into more debt. They just keep printing money. Yep. So when this was passed, it gave some of the wealthiest men in our country complete control over our uh, banking institutions, the entire monetary system. And literally only 16 years after the Federal Reserve was in power, America experienced the Great Depression from 1929 to 1939, which when you hear what what happened with this, it's fucking mind blowing. So before the actual crash in 1929, the bank, what they did, what they did is these elite bankers pulled their money out of the stock market. They reduced um, the amount of currency by like one third or something, or it might even be more than that. I can't remember. They take a bunch of money out of the economy. Mm -hmm. So there's less, less money being stimulated, being used. And essentially caused the stock market to crash yep. and, cr- and caused the entire economy to crash yeah. and people lost everything Yep. to the point they can't even afford food. They can't afford mm-hmm. to, you know, to really live even. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically they're giving people these like great deals on stuff when it is going good. And people think that they're, people think that money is going to be the way it is all the time. You know, their income is going to be the same. And then, you know, their business gets hit, you lose your job or something and they lose their job and then they have to foreclose on their house. Yeah. And you know, they call it like the bubble burst. I wish I knew more about the economy. My dad would be nice to have around right now. He's an (laughs) econ major, but yeah. Um, which I'll, we'll talk more about that when we get into the 2008 crash, because it's a similar type situation, but essentially what it did is it completely, destroys the economy and all of these smaller banks and companies that are literally yeah. like ending mm-hmm. are getting bought up Snap. for cheap yep. by these rich, wealthy bankers. And what they're able to do is they're able to diversify their funds and then also consolidate it and gain even more power and control over 
you know, all these different uh, businesses and uh, entities than they had before. So it just increases their power and wealth. And of course, the people that benefited the most were the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, and Morgans. Um, they benefited greatly from the Great Depression. So why is the Federal Reserve so powerful? Well, we can hear it from the man himself. One of the former Federal Reserve chairman, Alan Greenspan, uh, was asked in an interview what should be the proper relationship between the chairman of the Federal Reserve and the president of the United States? And, yeah, this was interesting. And here is how he responds. It's pretty interesting. What is the uh, proper relationship? What should be the proper relationship between a chairman of the Fed and a president of the United States? Well, first of all, the Federal Reserve is an independent agency. And that means basically that uh, there is no other agency of government which can overrule actions that we take. So long as that is in place and there is no evidence that the administration or the Congress or anybody else is uh, requesting that we do things other than what we think is the appropriate thing, then what the relationships are uh, don't frankly matter. And uh, I've had uh, very good relationships with presidents. He gives me such creepy vibes. Is he dead? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Sure. That was like sounded really rude. Yeah. I don't really give a fuck about him, to be honest. I mean, he confirms exactly what is we've he been alive saying. Or is he dead? I don't know. Who gives a fuck if he's alive <laughs> or dead? He's old as fuck. He's probably not around, honestly. <laughs> the elder Rothschild? No, that wasn't a Rothschild. He's not? No, no, no. He That's... looks exactly like the Rothschild guy. Does he? Yeah. They all kind of look like that. Hmm. Old. Yeah. <laughs> wrinkly. Um, no, his name is Alan Greenspan. He was a oh, federal, right, uh, right. chairman of the federal reserve. So like head right. of it at the time, uh, Yeah, I um, he said but that. that's just like such a telling little yeah, clip because really a lot of people don't understand that there's no oversight on the federal reserve. Um, it, it operates independently from the rest of the government and yeah, does what it wants. And, you know, they adopted the central central bank model, which was in use in England for a very long time. Um, and you know going way way back hundreds and hundreds of years and since world war ii the u.s dollar has been the reserve currency of the world actually this means that all other central banks of all countries must hold u.s dollars in their reserves in other words all the other currencies of the world are backed by the u.s dollar which directly links anyone's country to the federal reserve's monetary system in the u.s that is so interesting wow so that just shows you how much power those that control the federal reserve have yes and the central banks in general is that they literally control all the nations in essence and governments and things like that so they literally rule the world exactly Mm -hmm. and that's why that pyramid we talked about the beginning Mm -hmm. just displays it so perfectly of how things are set up always supposed to be like that yep exactly so let me explain a little bit about uh this whole gold thing because a lot of people are like well, I thought gold was, you know, I thought everything yeah. was based on gold. I thought we had all this right. gold, which we mm-hmm. did have a lot of gold. Um, but w- after World War II, um, our monetary system was called the Brenton Wood system. Um, this was created so that um, all U.S. dollars were backed and exchangeable for gold. A byproduct of this was the currencies used to be uh, very stable in relation to each other. And unfortunately, in 1971, due to a 
um, following U.S. dollar, international capital flows into gold and the funding of the Vietnam War. So all these things happening in conjunction with each other. President Nixon, fucking Nixon, of course, uh-huh. took the U.S. dollar off the gold standard. He literally ended it. It's like, we can't afford to do this anymore. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, and we were just spending so yeah. much money. I mean, the amount of money we're spending on yeah. wars is insane. Yep. I mean, imagine the debt from World War II, for one, how mm-hmm. big of a war that was, plus oh Vietnam War. Must have been insanity. Because, yeah, I mean, was. all of our, you know, all of our tax dollars or a lot of our tax dollars are going to the war. Yeah. Because America's this war machine, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it makes sense that he would have done that. But because he did this, the dollar became backed by nothing, which means that all the other currencies of the world automatically became backed by nothing more. <laughs> was that than random like Irish accent? Currency. <laughs> currency. <laughs> but literally became backed by nothing more than trust in the american dollar that's all it's based on now that's crazy trust in the dollar that the dollar is not going to fail and that the <laughs> dollar will always be worth something well we better hope so <laughs> yeah basically it's money if the government says it's money yeah and that the rest of the world should just take yeah. our word for it that's where we're at wow and the consequence of having money backed by nothing is that whenever the Federal Reserve creates money, it dilutes the currency supply of all other nations because the U.S. dollar backs their reserves. The value of all countries' reserves of their national currency drops whenever the Feds pump more U.S. dollars artificially into the economy. In the past few years, the Federal Reserve has printed trillions of dollars and countries like Russia and China have noticed. As a reaction to the money printing, these two countries have been selling U.S. dollar reserves and buying gold over the same period, which is kind of smart, which is also scary yeah. that they are, you know, they're making sure their currencies don't fail, essentially, whereas we're just continuing to give away our gold and print yep. more useless money. Yep. And a lot, you know, some people uh, talk about scary. the collapse of, yeah, which can totally happen, the, you know, our currency, yeah. which happens. Yes. In other countries mm-hmm. where their currency becomes just nothing. came really close to it. I think like Greece or something. It was like something in Europe. I thought the euro came pretty close, didn't it? Oh, I don't know. It was like expected know. to crash. I remember from one of my psychic videos, they, they said it was going to, and it looked like it was going to, but didn't. But yeah, it almost That's happens. because it probably got some money from the World Bank and yeah, stuff. They probably came, came back in and lifted it back up. In. But that's always a... A possibility that literally at any point in time, the U.S. dollar could be worth nothing whatsoever. Yeah, Our currency could completely die, that's which would be terrifying. Yeah, which would be almost an apocalyptic situation in a way. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. So the whole economic system today is backed by faith, faith that you can exchange your unit of currency for goods and services. In a way, part of that faith comes from the ignorance that most people have about the monetary system and who controls it, right? A lot mm-hmm. of people are ignorant to the fact that it ain't worth anything. You know, they no. think it's backed by gold still. Yeah. You know? Yep. And in, and in reality, it's just fucking pieces of paper they're printing on. You know. Yep. I wonder how how well like, um, you know, they they uh, reported on Nixon's decision to no longer. Oh, I know. I'm sure it was. I wonder flew what it was like at right the time. under the radar though. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sure he like justified it. They're like, we're at war. We got to, you know. Yeah. People sure may not have reason. even known. It may have been kept really hush hush. I don't know. In 1971, I wouldn't doubt it, man. Yeah. They were getting a lot of bullshit. But isn't then. it funny how the Federal Reserve can just print money out of thin air? Yeah. And yet when one of us tries to do it, Ooh. we get slapped with counterfeiting a felony charge. Yeah, and we that's go to a prison. major 
major felony. If you counterfeit money, yet they're literally counterfeiting money in a way because it has yeah, no they, value. Yep. Mm-hmm. Same as if I were to print out some dollar bills on a printer. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. That's crazy. Other than they have all their official, you know, shit all over it. Right. So yeah, it's it's really interesting. So let me explain. Um, okay, this is interesting and you know pertinent to all of us and you know money and our banking and every day. So every time you take out a loan to pay for a house, TV, or car. Banks simply just type in some numbers digitally in your account and then charge interest on it, which is just crazy to think about because that's the truth. They literally type in numbers into a computer and say, yep. here's your loan. Yep. Well, if you think about like that's so we're crazy. buying a house. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. not actual money cash being exchanged here. Yeah. It's not like we show up to the, no, it's you not know, like we have some the closing. Briefcase. We have like yeah. a briefcase full of money. Yeah. All right. Here you go. Yeah. Where's my house key? Yeah. No, no, they're typing it in. We're literally going and getting some invisible money in order to buy, which you're not, we're not even really buying shit. We're just lo- We're paying interest on a loan. Yeah. On money that doesn't exist. That doesn't actually exist. Right. So we're renting essentially. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit more about that in the thrive movie? They explain it so well. Okay. Here's I wish we could show their little clips. No, I've got it. I've got exactly what they say right here. Don't you worry. They're very copyrighted. No, no, no. I'm reading it. Oh, okay. I'm not going to play it. Yeah. So here's, here's, it was actually David Icke that said this. He, which a lot of people give him so much fucking grief. And I mean, he says some crazy shit, but he also has a lot of like, (laughs) yeah, I've heard him say some really really good truth nuggets, man. Some good truth truth nuggets. nuggets. (laughs) So this was a nugget from uh, David Icke, which it'd be cool to have him on the show one day. I'm sure he can have some interesting things to say. But anyway, he says, when we go into a bank and we ask for a loan for $50,000, they essentially type into your account on the computer, $50,000. They don't mint any coins. They don't print any money. They don't move any gold around. And from that moment, you get that $50,000 loan. You start paying interest on that money that has never been nor will ever exist. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just, yeah. They're like, oh, here you go. And the fact that you have to pay interest on fake money is yeah. completely mind blowing. Yeah. It's, it's interest is just free money for the bank it's yeah. just free it's money how they make, from, how it's how they, they make, make a profit, profit. exactly yeah. so you start paying interest on it and what's interesting is it turns out that banks have about nine times as much money loaned out as they have on reserve in their vaults they're wow. only required to hold about um, in the u.s currently about 10 percent in their vaults so what does that mean exactly this system of lending is called fractional reserve lending mm-hmm. and this is what the banks and the federal reserve put into um, law essentially. So when you deposit $10,000 into the bank, the bank sets aside 10% or $1,000 and then loans out the rest of your money. Yep. And the way it works is say another person comes into the bank and asks for a car loan of $9,000. At this moment, the bank loans out $9,000 from your original deposit, Mm -hmm. which isn't even there anymore. And then the borrower then pays the person selling the car. And then that person goes and deposits the money into another bank, which is part of the same central banking system. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all fucking connected. All of the different banks are connected yep. into the same all into the Fed, as it's called, which I worked at a bank, by the way. Um, you did for like six months. I was. I was a teller at a bank for a little bit. <laughs> That was so random. And yeah, dude. Out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's like country town. Like they don't got shit in those vaults, town. man, either. It's true. Really? They only have like 10. Per- when you look at how much bank, how much money 
is actually in the accounts that the bank holds and that people actually deposit there, they have a fraction like of that. You literally have to like call them up ahead of time. Be like, I need a special order like $20,000 in cash or $30,000 in cash. Cause they don't even hold yeah. that much money. Oh, it's kind of crazy. That is insane. So when that person who uh, just sold their car gets that money, they treat it as a new deposit um, or the bank rather treats it as a new deposit and then sorry, <laughs> the bank treats it as a new deposit and the process continues. The money gets redeposited and reloaned until the initial deposit of $10,000 becomes $100,000, That's which so essentially the banking system creates $90,000 by loaning out your money, which is what's happening when you're getting a loan mm-hmm. from a bank. They're using money from other people's deposits that have been put into the bank in order to issue that money for you. That's what they're pulling technically kind of behind the scenes Mm -hmm. is they're using that. And a lot of people don't know that. So when more loans are given out, the more money is created and the rest of the money in the circulation is worth less and less as years goes on, which this is known as inflation. And in a way, inflation is a tax that we all pay for the fraud of money printing Easy money now in exchange for a burden on our future generations. Ain't that the fucking truth? So sad. And since the Federal Reserve has taken charge of our money and literally robbed us through inflation, the purchasing power of the dollar has declined by more than 96 percent. It's it is dwindling like our currency is dwindling. So we're going to see some type of huge financial change or probably another depression or something in our life. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. We're going to see that. We're going to see some crazy shit, guys. As we say every episode, we're going to see such crazy. Yeah, but we are like it is getting crazy. And here's to you guys for being prepared for that shit by listening to this. Seriously, it's better to be prepared or yeah. at least know about it yeah. and try to be prepared. Yeah. I don't know if any of us can be prepared because it's like, what do you do? Yeah. This is the really system hard. that's in place. We're mm-hmm. forced to use it. We're forced mm-hmm. to pay cash or, mm-hmm. you know, use money to buy things and live and survive and pay bills. But really, the biggest problem with this whole system is globally, the richest 2% of adults own more than 50% of the assets. And in the U.S., the riches own more than 90 percent of the population combined. So what this Federal Reserve System did and the central banking system or model did is create such a huge disparity between the wealthy and the poor. Yeah, there's and just that gap is, quality. That gap has gotten insane. What Bernie Sanders is talking about where everyone makes fun of him for like the one percent, the two percent. It's fucking real. <laughs> it is extremely real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And most people just think it's some nonsense or some people think that, but crazy because the wealthy are are completely profiting off of this system mm-hmm. and the people that Taking have the least amount of, of money are paying it's the cast system tons of tax. all over yes, again it's exactly what it is and you said like or i can't remember what you said but you know this this system of banking goes back hundreds and hundreds of years the yeah, central banking system has been in place around the world for hundreds of years mm-hmm. for the very reason that it allows these wealthy elite financial families to remain in control and yeah. control the entire world to, mm-hmm. to, you know, some extent. So it's really crazy. And what they've done is they've created this debt system where everybody's in yep. debt and we're all paying interest. Credit is a complete joke. If you think about yes. it, all you're doing is spending money that doesn't exist and then paying interest on it. Mm-hmm. Bef- until you pay it back. Right. 
So you're paying more money than you even spent in the first place to spend money that doesn't even exist. Yeah. I mean, you're doing the same thing with a house or really anything. Yeah. And, and if what they're doing is they're allowing you to get this in hopes that you'll get too much of it, then you'll then you'll drown in your debt. And then and you then, have to foreclose and, and then you foreclose and repo and yeah. mm-hmm. what they do. So how they benefit is the banks. They, you know, credit's like the biggest fucking fraud. If you think about it, yeah, it really you can is. go spend all this money on credit and loans and things like that. But then as soon as you're not able to make your payments, they go in and take the things that actually have monetary value these material possessions that they can resell and then gain money back from mm-hmm. that never actually had any, you know, weren't purchased with anything with value in the first place. Yeah. So that you lose, no you're what. left with the debt, you're left with the bankruptcy, you're left with all of the bills and fines and everything else. And meanwhile, the bank gets to repo your shit, sell it and make a profit. And they were the ones who loaned you the shit in the first place. It's completely insane. It's a it's a crazy scam. It really is the it. craziest scam. And it's been going on forever and people just are fine with it. Cuz this is I mean how else right. would well, we we're live not our, given any other choices. Yeah, and but how else would we live like our current lives? Like we all like our our lives the way they are now and being able to take out a loan is nice, right? Yeah, like I mean you, it makes it, it's yeah. the only way yeah. to get so a lot of people are Big fine pointing a, you know, pulling a black eye. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm fine. A black with, eye, a blind eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty much a black eye, though. Getting punched in the face by the bank. Yeah, I might as well. I mean, we do it because that's the system that's in place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have no other choice. Right. And, you know, what what does this mean for the future? Like what they're trying to do is they're trying to get rid of cash. Have you noticed that they are doing mm-hmm. everything they can possible to eliminate cash from the equation because cash believe it or not as little values it has it has more value than numbers on a computer screen right because if you sense. think yeah. about electronic currency and credit cards yeah and even a lot of people are like oh cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency. they can't keep track of it as much either yeah well not only that but you know it's it's something that you can hold you know and you have possession over and unless somebody comes and physically takes cash money from right. you yeah you're, it's going to have some sort of value to it unless the entire dollar just, just crashes. crashes. Right. But it's better than let's say if you didn't ever have any cash on you and all your money was in your bank account or, you know, it was all on credit cards or PayPal or something like that. You know, it could get to a point where society, you know, if you don't go along with the agenda, they can just wipe you clean with mm-hmm. a delete button. They can yep. delete all your money out of your That's account it. and it's gone. That's really frightening. Doesn't it make you like want to take all your money out and like, like transfer it into gold or something and keep it in a vault. And some people do, dude. Some people literally, some some people actually go and buy gold, gold bars and have a vault with gold bars in it because they know that at the, at the end of the world, you know, like what's going to actually have value to it. It's going to go back to the way it was once upon a time when people traded and we need to get some gold bars. Honestly, yeah. Or just get a What's fuck. up with those commercials on TV all the time, like cash for gold type situations? They, they're they getting gold. They're trying to just store because it's like, yeah. in the end, it's more valuable. Right. They're taking the gold and melting it down, making bars of gold out of it. Interesting. Huh. I always was curious about that. That makes sense now. Because they might know that ultimately gold's going to be precious metals, gold, diamonds, you know, yeah. silver, things like that are going to be worth something in the very end if the government falls if the Federal Reserve falls. Will. Diamonds really don't have as much worth as 
people think. Yeah, no, they don't. But I mean, probably more so than a dollar bill would if yeah, if the probably. system crashes. Oh, definitely. So yeah, I mean that's essentially what happened in two thousand eight. Same thing happened in you know the Great Depression. They they lower interest rates, right? They lower. So what they do in order to try to quote unquote stimulate the economy and get people to get more money into circulation is they lower interest rates so more people can borrow money mm-hmm. and borrow a lot more money. Yep. Maybe beyond their means. Yeah. Right. So they do that. Everybody's like, oh, life's great. The economy's great. Interest rates are low. Like, let's get a bigger house, house car, boat, blah, all these different things. They got all these loans on all these things. And then all of a sudden they flip the switch. Yeah. On the economy. And literally these bankers have the ability to completely, they know what's going to happen. And I believe they know what's going to happen before shit happens with the, the market. With yes. All that. Well, they were saying in that Thrive documentary that they have such just record of how the economy works. They have inside knowledge of how our economy works that no one else has access to because they have control of everything. So they can really predict the economy where it's going and make choices based on that. And basically, and the, F- the Federal Reserve it. is their tool. Yes, of course. Because the Fed, the Fed is what controls the interest rates and all of that. So. You know, once they flip the switch and now all these people over borrowed on, on all these loans that they should have never been qualified for in the first place. Right. Then you just you completely crash everything and people lose everything. They mm-hmm. lose their jobs. They lose their houses. All of this material property is gone. Yeah. And you're left destitute, bankrupt, nothing. You got to start from ground zero again. Yeah. And yet the bank gets to take all the stuff that you borrowed on. And make a profit off of it. It's just take crazy. advantage of your mistakes that they knew, you know, they give you these loans knowing they're not going to work out yeah, or it's, something's going to happen. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And I mean, one of the craziest things is that the federal reserve wasn't audited for like a hundred years. Like, and then people, when people debate this one, they're like, Oh, it was audited internal, blah, blah, blah. No, but it wasn't audited. It had no Congress. It had no oversight by Congress or any other branch of government. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was a shit show. Everything was a shit show back then. And so, and Bernie Sanders is actually uh, one of the people that led the charge with this and getting the Federal Reserve audited. And you know, what they found is, is, is astounding. They were giving out, uh, they gave out $16 trillion to bailouts and loans um, to companies they bailed out the big banks remember that they bailed out like chase and all of these banks that um you know got hit by the recession and stuff instead of helping the people of the citizens of america that really needed that money right they went and bailed out the big banks who Mm -hmm. caused the mess in the first place Mm -hmm. and that's what will always happen but how would we like everything would fail if the banks failed like our whole system would go down right exactly that's the reasoning is like yeah if the banks go down everybody goes down you know yeah but maybe, you know, maybe that would be good, honestly. Yeah, maybe that's the only way. So, I mean, it's just crazy. And, you know, they audit them and they're given money. They're just like giving money willy nilly to a bunch of different countries, different governments without any knowledge, without telling anybody, without anyone else in the government even knowing about it until we audited them. <laughs> and we're crazy. like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. And they're like. Just doing what's best for us, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, and bailing out all their 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 homies, you know, bailing out all the big mm-hmm. banks, central mm-hmm. banks, and everything, so that the scheme can continue. And you know, 
And that that's something that, you know, Bernie Sanders and former Congressman Ron Paul, who's another uh, oh, yeah. great politician that was, you know, looking for the truth. That's what they mm-hmm. found out. They gave out $26 trillion worth of American money from 2007 and 2010, much of it to foreign banks. That's our money. That's the thing. It's our money. Yeah. We're paying them. Oh yeah. And they're taking our money Doesn't and spending it, it how off? they want. It makes me so mad. Yeah. <sighs> and that's the main thing, right? We have no control over our money. None of us have control over any money in our wallets. Any, Mm-mm. not anything monetary is completely. Yeah. They say, you know, your control. dollar, be wise about where you put your dollar because your dollar speaks so much, but yet your taxes go to so many things that you don't want them to go to. Yeah. Um, me personally, I don't want them to go towards, I mean, to the military to an extent, but not that much, not over 50% of my tax. We just paid a lot in taxes and it makes me sick thinking of how much is going to go towards like building bombs and shit that yeah, I don't and it's not going about. to pay for our soldiers around the front lines getting their Right. And that's, know, that should wounded be wounded warriors. Things absolutely. like that. It's not going to that. No, a lot of it's, we don't know what the fuck it's going to, going to. Like, there's so much money missing from the and secrecy, budgets yeah. and secrecy, you know, these secret projects and shit that we have no idea. So, yeah, <sighs> it's astounding, man. It really is. Here's a fact for you. In 2018, the average taxpayer paid the military three thousand four hundred fifty seven dollars. That's so crazy. Each one of us mm-hmm. paid the military three thousand four hundred fifty seven dollars. That's 19 times more than for all diplomacy and foreign aid. That's 19 so times more. Wow. When even a part, uh, even a thousand dollars of our money mm-hmm. that we have to pay could have went to helping others, foreign aid, diplomacy, making yeah. peace. <laughs> yeah, nope. They useful. said, fuck that war war. Uh, and that's what they chose. Mm-hmm. And that's what they continue to choose that, until. Yep. Until we have until a people revolution. Wake the fuck yeah. Up. yeah. I mean, <laughs> At this point, that's what it's going to have to be crazy, man. It's just uh, even Abraham Lincoln, dude. And, you know, people wonder why he got assassinated. Mm -hmm. He was on the stuff. He started figuring out the fucking jig. He was like he was against the Federal Reserve. It's, you know, jig is up, man. The government, he said the government should create issue and circulate all the currency and credit needed to satisfy the spending power of the government and the buying power of consumers. Money will cease to be master and will then become the servant of humanity. Boom. Because the way that, see, that's the thing is it's not like we're anti-government. I'm not anti-government. I think democracy is a beautiful thing when it works properly and it's not fucking corrupt. And the elite, you know, the elite wealthy individuals at the top are just reaping all the benefits. And meanwhile, the rest of us are just getting completely screwed. Yeah. I wonder like, um, you know, I wonder if we could do an entire episode on Lincoln too, because I do think there's some oh, there's sketchiness. Yeah. Um, like I think it's quite possible that the govern, like a uh, Federal Reserve group, had him taken out, and you know, John Wilkes Booth was just a yeah, or these elites, mm-hmm. this elite circle of individuals. Mm-hmm. Goes back hundreds of years, and I mean, there's so much secrecy around them, and we don't even know the full extent to what really happened and who was involved and how many of these different uh, families were involved. It's crazy. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, our government should issue its own currency, which should be 
controlled by what the people want, right? You know, another thing that's interesting too, thinking about Lincoln, I'm thinking about Martin Luther King too, because another, which we got to do a whole podcast on him, but you know, the conspiracy when it comes to his conspiracy, um, a lot of people believe that he was taken out, not because of what he was saying about race, but because he was starting to point out wasteful spending, um, tax dollars being wasted on military and horrible things and exposing the truth about what we're doing in other countries and stuff like that. So, and he was taken out. It's like so many people that spoke out against the federal reserve were taken out. Yeah. Or the, or the people that really run shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Anytime you try to attack the, them or the expose them. Financial or, system. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Questioning it, bringing the truth the to corruption, the people. Yeah. If you try to expose government corruption, you get shut down real quick. Yeah. Real fucking quick. But it's getting harder and harder for them to do that. The messages are getting out. Well, I mean, thing, look at this the podcast. Internet. Yeah. The power of the internet is people are starting to talk about this. Yeah. People are starting to become aware to how fucked up the system is and how we are all being robbed. Like mm-hmm. we're being robbed of our money and it's completely unfair. We are all forced into these lives that are not the lives that we should have to live. We are not meant to live the lives that we are forced to live in a sense. Like we shouldn't have to slave away hours and hours every day in order to, you know, make money in order to pay taxes to then have enough to feed your family and, and pay for up, you know, rent that continues to go up or, you know, the inflation that continues to happen across the country. I mean, but society would be completely different if we like didn't have right. that. Like we'd well, have to go back to like people trading well, stuff and living in small well, groups. Well, that's the thing is if we can reform the, the thing, there's two options here, right? We re, we revolutionize and reform the government. We start over with mm-hmm. democracy can work. It can work. It has worked in ancient cultures. It's worked across, you know, many years until, you know, the government becomes corrupted by individuals with money and power that that's the thing is like, can we ever take that out of the equation? Can we take the greediness out of the equation or will people always fall victim to, you know, Hey, I'm going to give you this much money Mm -hmm. if you push my special interest, you know, and this whole idea of getting money out of politics is so important, right? Yeah. But it's so far off. Like, it's So hard. We're in too deep. We would need (laughs) to have a revolution to get to that point. I feel. Yeah. Or the other option is, is like you just said, we go back to pre, you know, mm-hmm. government days where mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a collective, which a lot of people think of this idea of this utopia that could exist where all of us collectively, there's no government, there's no laws, there's rules, but you know, it, it becomes much, much simpler than, than it is now. And, you know, but people, is it possible to have that type of lifestyle with the amount of humans that are on this earth now? Well, yeah. I mean, that was okay a long ass time ago, but like now, I don't know. Yeah. Well now it's, it's really hard to say if that would be possible. And, and I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if it is unless there is like this mass awakening and, you know, the majority of the population gets on board with what we're talking about, you know, and mm-hmm. understands things and, you know, doesn't just buy into the bullshit they're fed on a daily basis. You know, I think that's what it comes down to is like people got to wake up to this shit or, you or know, gonna, there's no hope yeah. or, or we're just going to continue to a, a path of destruction. <laughs> so tell someone and go watch thrive. It's yeah. like such a good place to start with things. Yeah. I mean, if you're new to all this stuff and you, you know, want like we watched it a couple of years ago and it really opened our minds and uh, really started having us seeing things a lot differently. It talks about a bunch of different things. It's a really um, good, like all encompassing, yeah. all encompassing, like 
conspiracy, government control, all that. Yeah, but even more than that goes into like health and yeah, uh, it goes into aliens. Even I mean, it goes across the board mm-hmm. of of how you know there is sort of this like global do- domination mm-hmm. agenda at play here by the elite. You know, some people are like oh the Illuminati, New World Order. There's tons of names have been put on it. We don't know what it is, but it really seems that there is something at the top of the pyramid that's controlling the rest of us. So. I don't know. It's it's interesting. And, hope, and, you know, maybe we can end the Federal Reserve. Maybe, you know, Congress put it into um, existence and they can abolish it, too. So a lot of people are pushing for Congress to abolish the Federal Reserve and go back to the government, have a government entity, which we vote on, who regulates and prints our money. And that way we can get out of this debt. Yeah. But is it too late? That's the thing. We're trillions and trillions like of dollars in debt. So it's just going to collapse and then we're all left to fend for ourselves. Dude, society is such a mess. Our know. whole world it's is crazy, just man. beyond There's so many right problems, now. man. But yeah, ah. I, we'll leave you there with that. <laughs> leave you there with Ponder those thoughts. That. And yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, though. It's it's a lot to wrap your head around. It really is. It really is. And yeah, there's so much more. I mean, you can dig into this all day, all night. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, there ain't any good news you're going to run into, unfortunately. You know, because the politicians that do understand this and do speak the truth on the Federal Reserve get shut down yep. as we saw with like Bernie Sanders and stuff. Mm-hmm. so it's it's sad but you know what can you do so we'll go ahead and wrap it up there today guys thank you for joining us for another episode of the mile higher podcast yes it's been real real you fun. know make sure to uh like and subscribe follow us on Spotify or iTunes <laughs> and yeah let us know your thoughts let us know your thoughts on this and definitely check out thrive but uh yeah we will end it there thanks again We will see you guys next time. Stay safe. And stay woke.